0: This election is a choice.
1: This election will determine whether we can come together. This election is absolutely crucial.
2: What's really important, of course, is... To all us and giant Giants through rival. Please explain.
1: You're listening to the 4 Z Breaks the Election podcast. Hello election watchers, welcome to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast where our newsroom breaks down what's happening in the election for May 20, 2022, just one full day from the federal election. My name is Alexis Pink, I'm the news coordinator at 4 Triple Z, and joining me is the 4 Triple Z newsroom.
0: Um, hi, I'm Angie, I'm a student at UQ studying communications.
3: Hi, I'm Charlie, I'm studying journalism communications. Hello, I'm Jaden, studying communications and politics at Griffith.
2: Hi, I'm Eliza, and I'm a journalism and international relations student.
1: On today's podcast, the AEC clears the air on COVID, internal polls tipping an odd election, a rare sighting of Julia Gillard on the campaign trail, and the changing face of photo ops. Let's begin at the top. Charlie, tell me what's happening with the AEC.
4: So the AEC has now confirmed that Australian voters who are currently isolating with COVID-19 will be able to vote via the phone. It was announced this morning that any voter that contracted COVID-19 after 6pm on Friday the 13th of May would be granted access to secure telephone voting. Originally, the AEC made it clear that anyone who tested positive after 6pm on Tuesday may not be able to have the means to cast their vote. This was due to the window on applying for the postal vote closing with no strong indication that they had planned to allow voting over the phone. This has also come after a notable push from the independent candidate Dr Monique Ryan, who was facing off against Josh Frydenberg for the seat of Kuyong. Ryan announced last night that she was planning to lodge a legal challenge to the AEC's original decision. In order to achieve this, Ryan crowdfunded $126,000 in the span of four hours. Labour also came out this morning before the AEC amended their decision
1: in support of allowing all Australians to be able to vote. So telephone voting is a very specific type of voting. It's similar to postal voting, only it's done over the phone. You effectively call a phone number and it will give you a whole lot of options on how to vote. can take a little while to do, especially for Senate voting, because you have to recite quite a lot of things back. But yeah, it's available to anyone who's registered for pre-poll, which is not going to be everyone who has COVID because they may not have realized that they absolutely needed that option. Why do you think the AEC made this decision in the first place to limit the number of people um, who could pre-poll this way? I think the AEC has
4: sort of come out in the last um, few weeks with major shortages of staff. They have announced with COVID-19 themselves, they've lost 10 to 15% of their staff. So it's probably a decision to try and make the process easier on their end. of anything.
1: There are processes inside the legislation that make this a little bit harder. There are cut-off points for things like pre-polls, but yeah, those decisions are at least a little bit grey and certainly grey enough for the AEC to work around them, especially under a legal challenge. That's quite a lot of money they raised there for that legal challenge. I think uh, it
4: really Sort of like there was a lot of talk about voter suppression being um, thrown out there, especially for Monique Ryan, who's very much trying to win the seat from Josh Frydenberg. I think there's a lot of that sort of grassroots fundraising that probably would have made people more apt to want to donate that to her.
1: All right, we might move on. What is happening with this internal ALP polling? Yes, so internal ALP
3: polling as of this morning suggests Labour are on track to secure around 76 to 80 seats on election night, a clear majority. Though poll analysts really want to remind us of the previous election where Labour was confident of a victory, but ended up losing out to Scott Morrison. It will be tight, and we could expect the second hung parliament in 20 years, a not so bad result for climate enthusiasts. Following the last hung parliament in 2010 between Gillard and Abbott, We saw a price imposed on carbon, the establishment of the Climate Change Authority, the Climate Commission and of course the Australian Renewable Energy Agency. Scott Morrison in response said this morning that a hung parliament would be a government by Twitter. He added, if a government has to negotiate its existence every day based on how independents are going to jump by what's being said on Twitter then frankly that's not going to help
1: the country be a str- be strong at this time. Let's start at the beginning with that particular assertion. It's not government by Twitter. It doesn't mean the government will be holding on day to day to see if it's got the- enough votes on parliament to remain in government. That's not how Westminster government works. Basically, a negotiation is done at the start of the term between all of the coalition partners about confidence and supply. Confidence is... Confidence in the government, that means the prime minister usually. The supply refers to the federal treasury and how much money it has available to spend on things. Why is Labor doing this for a start? And why is Labor saying 76 to 80 seats? Um, Is it important for them to project that they are uh, are in a place to create majority government?
0: Well, yeah, you don't want to be saying a couple of days out from the election that you're not going to do good. So, yeah, I think they're just trying to project themselves in the best possible situation. Yeah,
1: so this also puts a little bit of a shadow over those results, right? Yeah. Why is Morrison talking about a minority government being absolute chaos? What, what's in it
4: for him? Well, I feel like Scott Morrison and the LNP like, coalition at general don't really want to have to share any of the power with independents or minor parties
1: Basically. All right, we might move on. Julia Gillard's back on the campaign trail. Who's got that story for me?
0: I do. This campaign trail has been a trip down memory lane for some as both major parties bring on board various ex-prime ministers. Um, The LNP was notably giving Tony Abbott and John Howard an active voice throughout the campaign. Whilst Labor have lent on Kevin Rudd and now on the final day, Julia Gillard to garner more support, or at least that is the goal... Former Prime Minister Julia Gillard this morning has made her first appearance on the campaign trail and one of her first major political appearances since 2013. This comes as a surprise to all because we can only assume that she is here to push Labor's strong female leadership narrative after stating this morning, what I want to see if this country is a government that cares about, that values and includes women. It is also important to remember that Labor currently represents two-thirds of all women in the House of Representatives.
1: So it is interesting to see Julia Gillard back. Why don't you think she was very heavily involved in the last election?
2: I think because last time, obviously, Bill Shorten was the leader of the Labour Party. It brought up way too many memories of his involvement in getting rid of Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard from the party leadership and all those turbulent times the party had. I think now the Labor Party is trying to come into a clearer position. They're trying to shed that past image of turbulence and like discontent within inside the party. So they're really trying to push the message that they're unified now, and so it's finally time for her to come back into the fold.
1: Do you think it'll have a big impact on the actual election? Do, do lots of these old leaders coming forward and saying good things about their parties really impact voters' thinking around this?
4: I feel like it very much feels like they're trying to go back to, like, Labour classic of the late 2000s, early 2010s, where I definitely was very young and have a very different perception of what the Labour Party was like to someone who was voting at that time. But I think it is very much trying to reignite how people felt about the party at that time.
2: I think having old leaders come back as well is probably only going to entice people that might be traditional voters or really resonated with a certain leader. If they're on the fence, it might bring those voters back to voting for the party. But other than that, I don't think it really helps people in the here and now. Like, it's just reminiscent of an older time.
1: Sort of playing to nostalgia.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: OK, and our last story for the day, What what is this story about photo ops? <laughs> I'm very interested to hear what this is about. Who's got that story for me?
4: So... Journalists from The Garden have shown that high-vis vests and dogs have been the most popular for political photo opportunities. After training AI to identify trends in photos shared by politicians on their official media, they were able to identify the key props used. The large novelty check has lost favour since 2019, with a drop from 44 photos as compared to only 17 this election. This also proved marginally true for sports balls, which have not seen as many photo opportunities this time around. According to data collected from this process, Scott Morrison has worn a high-vis vest in 7.34% of all of his photos shared this election. Opposition leader Anthony Albanese came in slightly behind at 3.64%. Dogs have also been a safe staple of all campaigns, with a combined number of 350 photos taken since the beginning of the election.
1: It is a bit weird, right? All of it's this
2: stuff. But well,
1: let's start with novelty checks. Why would politicians be shying away from novelty checks in these sort of photo ops?
0: They want to just appeal to the public, I think, and just kind of say, look, we're real people. We're just like you, even though they do hold like a position in the government. So just trying to appeal to everybody.
2: I think this election is a real battle about the economy. And I don't think anyone wants to appear to be flippant with money in any way. Uh, So I think novelty checks have kind of lost their favour because everyone's trying to push the narrative that they're the most sensible and smart with money.
1: So high-vis vests are a staple of politics. It's a little bit higher this year. Is there a specific reason why we might have seen a spike? I feel like they're all just
4: sort of trying to fight for that working class vote. And all those high-vis vests are the perfect opportunity to be not perceived as the high members of society, which they really are in
3: suits and whatnot. It's very much like we can be on your level too. And not only that, how many times this election has Scott Morrison been ousted for not being in check with the regular person? So I think this is really an attempt to regain his
1: image. Why do dogs turn up in, in political pictures more often than they have in the past?
3: I feel like, you know, if you get a
4: photo with a the dog, there's nothing offensive about it. There's absolutely nothing offensive about it. It just shows you as maybe like a nicer human. I don't know if that's And they're cute outrageous. and cuddly. Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think dogs are just universally appealing. They're humanising creatures. Like, a lot of people have a dog, and it's just to try and show people's softer side.
1: So the only thing I would add to that is dogs are a very accessible pet for politicians as well they are out in public on a regular basis not like cats who are usually kept indoors or you know other sort of aquarium or um, cage pets like rabbits and (laughs) stuff like that it's easy to get them in photos Mm -hmm. um i think that's about all we've got time for on the podcast thank you for listening to the four triple z breaks the election podcast this is the last podcast we're producing for this series It's been an absolute pleasure providing you with information about the election. I hope it's made your lives a little bit easier in trying to figure out how you will vote at this election. For more news, head to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash news or listen to 4ZZZ on 102.1 FM on DAB Plus Digital Radio or via the 4ZZZ website and on your favourite podcasting app. If you'd like to support this project, you can go to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash support and either donate or subscribe to the station. Um... Also, feel free to join us for our election night special starting from 6pm on 102.1 FM and via Twitch TV on 4ZZZ Radio. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast and we will see you at the next election. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.